Hi everyone. Thanks for joining me for this new episode of Nepal Now, the podcast where we highlight different ideas and actions to move the country forward. I'm Marty Logan. Thanks to those of you who filled out the poll on our last episode about Jumli Marsi Rice. It's available if you listen on Spotify, and I post a new poll and a question there with each episode. This one was tricky. Do you think the growing trend of selling nutritious crops instead of consuming them is good for farm families? That contradiction was reflected in the poll's results, with most people choosing they didn't know if it was a positive or negative development. If you're listening on Spotify, look for the poll and a separate question that you can answer about this episode. And no matter where you hear Nepal now, you can always send me a comment or question to martylogancoms, C-O-M-M-S, at gmail.com. Okay, on with today's chat. I've noticed a huge difference in publicity around the topic of mental health since I returned to Nepal in 2016, compared to when I lived here from 2005 to 2010. The subject is highlighted in the news media more regularly, and certainly on social media. Also, there seem to be many more organizations offering mental health education or treatment, both to individuals and to organizations. For example, a couple of years ago, I interviewed someone from an NGO that is creating quiet spaces it calls counseling rooms in schools in some pilot districts of the country. You can find the link to that episode in the notes to this show. Growing recognition of the importance of mental health might be one of the few positive results of recent disasters like the 2014 earthquake and the COVID-19 pandemic notes today's guest, consultant psychologist Sneha Agarwal Chowdhury. Still, it is certainly alarming that the suicide rate in the country continues to rise steadily. Sneha and I also chat about a few popular perceptions of mental health counseling, like the cost and confidentiality. Then we turn to discuss particular groups of people who make up a chunk of the audience of this podcast. These include young people in general, as well as those who leave Nepal temporarily to either work or study. I think the main takeaway from our conversation is, if you're concerned about your mental health, find someone you can talk to. As today's conversation includes talk of suicide, please take special care while listening. And now, my chat with Sneha Agarwal Chowdhury. Sneha Agarwal Chowdhury, welcome to Nepal Now Podcast. Thank you so much, Marty, for having me here. We're definitely going to be talking today about things that people can do to cope with some of the challenges they face in their lives. But first, I wanted to ask you, there's been a lot of awareness raising in Nepal in recent years about mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also many more organizations I noticed are offering different types of mental health services, both to individuals and to organizations like schools. Um, have you yourself as a professional seen a difference in how the general public approaches mental health? And are people, do you think, more open to speak up and to seek help? 
yes marty i would definitely agree to this you know there have been a lot of awareness program uh, going around recently i i would say in my experience uh, before covid it was like a major taboo people would not understand you know what a mental health problem is uh, i would have clients to whom i would have to explain that okay this is not a physical health issue we are going through something uh, which needs a different kind of attention however what i believe uh, during the earthquake time and covid time people uh, started talking a lot about mental health issue over social media and a lot of mediums and i think that bought a little spike in creating some awareness about mental health so you know yes people are aware people do come to my come to me and say that uh, i'm going through anxiety help me out however uh, i still feel that you know we can do a lot in creating awareness about mental health it might be uh, available to the cities however i feel that the rural uh, cities needs more awareness about this yeah that definitely makes sense <laughs> as in everything yes. the rural areas just yes. don't seem to get yeah. a- enough or their fair share and yes of course uh, this may month is also known as mental health awareness month so you know i think it's a great idea to talk about mental health i, I didn't know that actually <laughs> yeah. ah, uh, okay. i wanted to share it with you uh, i just it's hey, just perfect slip. timing <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's very good to know One thing I hear a lot mm-hmm. is people using the term de- depression and depressed. I'm depressed. And w- when they do this kind of bell goes off and I think, well maybe they're not depressed. They're feeling poorly. Mm-hmm. They're feeling low. They're feeling not happy. Yeah. But there's a difference between clinical depression and being feeling low. But is that something I should tell people or should I just keep quiet and acknowledge that they're just not feeling good whether or not it's clinical depression or feeling poorly i think it's always a good idea to talk about how you're feeling to your loved ones i don't say that you just go out in public and if you're not comfortable uh, go uh, on a public space and talk about your emotions or how you're going through or if you are diagnosed with a clinical depression or any other mental health problem uh but it's always a good idea to share your feelings and how you are going through you know maybe uh, sometimes just venting out might make you feel better right okay yeah. just going back to that first question i'm happy to hear that um well increased awareness is the result of people being involved in highly stressful situations you mm-hmm. mentioned the earthquake and then of course covid-19 yeah so in a way though those are silver linings of very bad situations at least people now are talking about yeah. some of the you know the mental impacts of of um pretty Prop. bad bad events that happened i think one of the things that might prevent people from speaking out or taking the next step in seeking help is that they worry that financially it's just not something they can afford maybe it's for rich people how do you address that if someone asks you yeah maybe i'm feeling bad but i can't afford counseling for example what would you say as a psychologist or any other mental health professional this is also one source of living for us you know we have uh, put an effort to 
be a professional. I don't say yes, definitely seeking a therapy or a counseling service is not like um, going to a physician. The physician or any other doctors would be spending like five to 10 minutes with you. However, a mental health professional is spending almost like 45 minutes or maybe more than that with you. So that's again, I would say it again goes to the awareness part. People, if they are going through a physical health issue, they would immediately go and seek help. However, if they're going through any emotional imbalance or like you mentioned, they're feeling low, they say that, okay, I'm feeling depressed or anxious, they would not seek it as an emergency help. I do get clients, I do get a lot of clients who say that, ma'am, uh, it's difficult for us to afford the charges as a therapist, my help to them is that, okay, I can give you some fair off or maybe if you're visiting me thrice, you can just pay for twice, you know, things like that, just to make sure that the client gets what he or she needs. Hmm, yeah, that, that makes sense. And yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to say that. Yeah, I know. It's too expensive. <laughs> yeah. I think my question was more... Is there any other kind of support for people, financial support for people who themselves can't afford out of their pocket? Mm -hmm. So do government hospitals offer? So yes, there are a okay. few government hospitals. There are a few mm. um, NGOs, INGOs, where you can go and seek help. Okay. Yes, definitely. There oh, are okay. uh, there are uh, addiction centers where you can, uh, you know, rehab centers where you can go and stay for two, three two to three months or how long you want to stay. So it's a blend of this yes. kind of personal counseling and, yeah. that you offer, which I'm guessing is usually a number of sessions. Yes. And then and then these things you, you um, listed at government facilities yes. too. Okay, great. Uh, and, and one other question before we start to talk more about, I think some of the groups of people that are among our listener profile, I want to ask you about, you know, people studying or working overseas and the kind of pressures, specific particular pressures that they face. But before we talk about the challenges certain groups of people might have, um, confidentiality. I've heard some people here in Kathmandu say that I won't go to a counselor because Kathmandu is a small place and people talk to one another and and uh, I don't want anyone to other people to hear my business sort of thing. What kind of um, guidelines or rules are there for mental health professionals like yourself to ensure confidentiality? See, I think confidentiality is a major key. So, for example, if uh, if someone uh, someone is visiting me for a therapy session, then I am not uh, forced or I'm not obliged to talk about his or her personal matters or whatever he ha he or she has been discussing to me during the session, even to his or her family member or to the partner or whomsoever is accompanying them. If, you know, if uh, we get a hint that the person is having any suicidal thoughts, then we need to inform the patient party or the client party that, okay, uh, the person is having some kind of thoughts like this. So you need to keep an eye over it or maybe a check over the medicines if someone is going through. Yes, definitely, as you said, Kathmandu is a very small place. So people do get scared. You know, I do get a 
a lot of clients who their first question is that i hope this is the most confidential thing or you know confidentiality would be maintained so that's again a part of awareness <laughs> i would say you know we cannot speak about it to even to my partners or to any other doctors in the hospital unless uh, we are working as a team and um, that certain issue would help the other doctor to diagnose or help the client right okay and i guess for you it's also how you keep confident confidentiality becomes part of your reputation yes exactly so you don't want to risk no. that as well so like i said i wanted to talk about you know certain groups of people i'm not quite sure how to how to describe <laughs> that but groups of people in society who might be facing particular challenges or mental health risks um and the listeners of this podcast are a good chunk of them maybe half of them are between the ages of 18 and 35 40 and a lot of those people i know are overseas they go overseas many for temporary purposes only some are migrant workers and another big group of people who travel are students so i wonder if you could talk first about maybe those two groups or together as one within that age group people who are away from home maybe missing their families having culture shock um under a new set of pressures what kind of things can you in very general obviously mm-hmm. because we're not talking about individuals but what types of things can you counsel them to look for and to try to do to maybe help their situation so um I mean uh once the person decides that he or she wants to go abroad either for studies or for employment i think uh the process of reaching there is also not easy for everyone i would say you know so i'll just share a personal example you know like two days back one of my house didi she said that her son wanted to go to malaysia and she was like he's asking for uh, some amount of money certain amount of money and she was like i can't afford it and then you know of course uh, she wanted him to go and he wanted to go so apparently they found a solution that you know she had some jewelry and that's how they managed going there so you know of course once they reach there they are separated from the family the separation anxiety the cultural shock and many more things are there which they are facing however what i feel the process starts from here itself you know the anxiety or the emotion that i'm going to be away from my family for certain year or certain months and for example if a male is going or traveling abroad for a employment then the woman is left behind if they are married and if they have children she stays with the family taking care of the child as a single parent the financial stress everything is on her head you know so the process of traveling abroad and reaching there itself has a lot of stress the documentation the uh, health checkups where again we do health checkups before uh, going abroad like you know how our mental health checkup is not a part of it you know why <laughs> mm, yeah yeah you know so 
and once they are abroad they are away from their family they have to for example if a student is studying but most of them try to work as well and that's again a stressful thing you know however some of them are able to cope with it and some might need a lot of time or attention to cope with it so sleep is again an issue getting ad- adjusted financial stress so many things a situation which might be very small or which might look very tiny to any one of us would be a very would be playing a very major role to that person so it's very difficult to say that yes uh, mm, these are the particular factors that might affect a person of course we can form a guideline saying that yes these are the factors which can contribute to their good mental health or affect their mental health i would say right okay so if there was some sort of mental health evaluation mm-hmm. that way of people going overseas i'm assuming it would include some sort of like you said advice or guidelines on how to stay mentally healthy mm-hmm. because we get those all the time for physical health as you mentioned earlier right again very generally speaking um some of those might be uh, like you said try to get sleep mm-hmm. try to take off time off your work yeah. whether it's physical office work or whether it's school work um try to regularly talk with people you know yes. by zoom or something Definitely. i mean what other types of things might fit into that advice okay uh So yes of course eating well sleeping well uh making time for yourself mm-hmm. making uh for example if uh you are staying in a different country uh i mean a lot of nepali uh people travel abroad every year so for example if you're in australia you can make sure that if you know someone over there or if any of your relatives are staying there of in friends or friends anyone so you know you can meet them on your weekends all because weekdays would be busy so these are small ways to you know cope with your stress or not even stress if you're not stressed just to you know uh kick the happy hormones i would say <laughs> <laughs> No, that's a good idea. Yeah. And I think that brings up an interesting point which is you don't always have to be dealing with a condition or an illness. Yes. You just need to be again this idea of mental health, being yeah. mentally healthy yes. the way you are physically yes. healthy. So you'll go play football on the weekends yes. and also take time to sit back and listen to your favorite music yeah, or something. Yeah, just find your hobby, you know, it's not uh, important that you need to be in group to find some self time for yourself just discover what's making you happy uh or maybe giving 10 minutes of that self care or that 10 minute of activity that could you know bring happiness to yourself and make you feel that okay yes i did something for myself in this day and you might feel achieved for example if you uh, enjoy drinking tea so when you're making the tea make so, make sure that you're uh, into the process of making the tea you are just 
mindfully making the tea yes adding chai patti you're adding sugar then the water is getting boiled you just enjoy every moment of it maybe just out of curiosity do you know if any agency or government office has ever considered doing this kind of producing this kind of advice for people who go overseas or is it just it's completely outside of their thinking about how to prepare people when they leave the country temporarily we do have uh, a lot of um, organizations abroad itself you know who where they can seek professional help however i feel uh, like some of my patients who consider doing online counseling or when they are back to nepal and they prefer doing individual counseling the major issue they face over there is the cultural thing and maybe the language and the access to help is not very easy for them so uh, that is one of the reason that they come back to the country itself and seek professional help right i mean i know because i've i've been here for a long time and i'm married to a nepali that nepalis are very people oriented yes <laughs> people right they like most nepalis i should say i think like to have lots of people around and have contact with people almost continually and to be in a situation where you can feel you know where where you're more likely to feel isolated must be tough if you're not used to it yeah right and you're already under these different you're in a different environment facing different challenges and yeah that might start to kind of build pile up. up yeah build up exactly exactly now let's talk a little bit about a younger age group mm-hmm. and these are people who i guess some of them are also overseas because they've just left maybe to study the final years of high school or first mm-hmm. years of college and university but let's say teenagers and young adults and it's a very difficult time you're just you're in between the ages of being you know still in some ways a child officially but then you're a teenager and sometimes you get treated like an adult and the whole maturation process is happening and so these young people are under i think even sometimes more pressure than 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 most of us um i last week or two weeks ago heard a story and it seems to happen far too regularly of a young person who you know without any sort of explanation out of the blue as they say took his or her life i don't remember now um without any warning and just shocking everyone friends family school what do you say to those young people who are feeling all of these pressures of being a teenager and a young adult and don't know where to turn and don't know how to ask someone for help i think it's a big question and a lot of questions inside mm-hmm. the big question take your time <laughs> okay so first uh talking about uh the pressure which they feel when they go overseas you know the freedom i think you know you are inside your family or into your family shell where you don't have to cook you don't have to worry your room is clean or not and so many things on your daily requirements and you go there and you have everything to do so like you mentioned the maturity process itself creates some kind of stress 
some people are able to cope with it very easily and some people do take time feeling isolated that okay yes you are excited to go overseas you are happy you took the decision however when you are there then you realize okay this is how it works i am all alone by myself i don't have my family to talk i don't have my friends so feeling alone feeling isolated homesickness is one of the first factor which affects them and then again as i mentioned earlier if you are going there for a further studies yes i have a pressure to do well i've come abroad if i have taken a loan i need to repay the loan and if you are going there for an employment opportunity the pressure to send back the money to the family these all are small things which might add up and bring a stress to an individual and maybe the individual might have difficulty to cope with the stress however that doesn't mean that the individual will get down into a mental health problem it could be situational so you know when i'm going away into a new condition into a new environment i would have some discomfort initially however after some period of time if i'm okay with it that's completely okay however if you feel that no i am not able to sleep well i am getting into um drinking habits or any other habits whenever you think that okay no i am getting into this it's better to talk to a professional and if you still have a dilemma no i don't think so it's a mental health problem i don't need professional help there is no harm talking to your family members to your close one or to your loved one or any of your good friends it's always better to talk you know i came across an article and you know it was done by nepal labor migration report 2022 which said that you know a total of 10666 nepali migrant workers have died abroad in between 2008 to 2022 and among them 1187 migrant workers have committed suicide well wow, that's a big number yes that's a big number so that goes so that goes to the second part of your question where you mentioned about a person who committed suicide you know uh I believe the person who is undergoing through this thinks that he or she has no choice except taking his or her life. We don't know how much effort they have been putting from their side to talk about it, to be into a good situation or to be out of that situation. We don't know anything about it. uh what i would say is if you ever think or if you ever have any suicidal thought talk to your loved ones or there are a lot of helplines you know you can just dial them and if you're staying overseas even there you have a lot of helpline numbers okay i'll just uh quickly share one thing so for example you can easily diagnose diabetes yeah 
you just do a blood test you get the borderline numbers if you fall within that you're good any changes up and down you need help i wish we could do something for like this for the mental health as well if we don't have a diagnostic manual we do have a lot of tests which would help us to diagnose whether a person is having depression or anxiety however the person needs to assess himself first any changes if that is happening to you for a very long period of time it's better to go for help right yeah that that <laughs> makes very good sense and and um it's such a it's such a good example i think you know you can test for diabetes and <laughs> so many other things very quickly especially these days <laughs> but you really can't do the same and so that made me wonder then maybe the the second best or third best or something something that at least you can do which is positive is try to create uh what they call a supportive environment exactly right so kids for example learn by example Yeah. learn by seeing and and mm-hmm. watching the people around them. So if your parents and other adults talk to one another about how they're feeling or the problems they're the pressures they face, there's a better chance that the kids are going to develop the same sorts of behaviors they're exactly. modeling, right? Yeah. So if you get that at home, at school, among your peer group, yes. That's kind of the not the ideal but a a, a very positive situation. Yeah. So nowadays uh, there are a lot of schools they have counselors in their schools where students can go and talk about themselves or whatever they're going through. I have seen there have been a lot of uh organizations who support their staff by, you know, giving them an environment where they can go and they tie up with the mental health uh, uh, organization and you know you can visit them uh, if you think if you need help and i see like there have been a lot of organizations who do workshops or uh, awareness program into their organization once in a while so that people can know that okay these are the symptoms or these are the problems that might need a different attention Right, right. It's so, not related to physical health, it might be mental health as well. Yeah. So these are Nepali organizations? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's I mean a lot of companies I would say, yeah. you know. That's that's yeah. positive and I think it's yeah, new. It's a, yeah. Schools I knew were starting to offer counseling like of not just counseling kind of developing yes. these healthy yeah. mind habits of of young children, children. as well. Yeah. Okay, well that's good. And and that's uh those are positive things yes. to kind of finish the conversation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about. Uh thanks you, again for coming in mm-hmm. and sharing your experience and your your ideas uh and some advice mm-hmm. uh, for people with us today. I appreciate it. Thank you again to consultant psychologist Neha Agarwal Chaudhry for sharing her ideas with me today. She's based at Norvik Hospital. Also please let us know what you thought about this episode. We're on the usual social channels as Nepal Now or Nepal Now Pod. Thank you again to Ujalo Radio for providing recording space with technical support as always from Dinesh. Before we say goodbye, don't forget to follow or subscribe to the show 
so you don't miss the next episode. I'm Marty Logan. I produce Nepal Now, and I'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>